Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. All right, get your sermon notes out. We're in John chapter 15. You guys know that um, um, we, we've been studying the last two weeks, John 15 verses 1 through 8. And today we're moving to John 15 verses 9 through 17. This continuation of scripture uh, concerning the vine and the branches. Concerning that, that uh, we as Christ followers are attached to the vine. That Jesus is the vine. We're attached to him. And out of that attachment that, that um, we're abiding in him, remaining in him, remember that word abide or remain happens about 10 times in this portion of scripture. And it means that we're, we're hanging out with Jesus, that we're loitering with him, that we're, that, that we're continuing in him, we're staying in him. And out of that relationship, we're going to bear not, not just fruit, and not just more fruit, but ultimately much fruit. Remember, there were four levels of fruit, no fruit, fruit more fruit, much fruit. And we all want to be Christ followers who's bearing much fruit for the glory of his name. So with that in mind, we're going to kick back into verse nine out of John chapter 15. And it goes like this. This is Jesus speaking. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Okay, so there, there are so many things that we need to break down in this portion of, of the scripture and excuse me for the cough drop in my mouth, everybody. I just was having trouble with my voice. So it is what it is today. There are so many things in this portion of scripture. Let, let me say it this way. Um, in verses 9 through 17, just, just this rich theology, just this rich study of God and what he wants from us and really who he is. And there are so many topics that we could talk about in this portion of scripture. And I wrote down just a few of them. We could talk about love and we will. We can talk about obedience, and we will. But now we can also talk in this portion of Scripture, we can talk about joy. We, we can talk about sacrifice. We can talk about purpose. We can talk about prayer. Remember, he said, whatever you ask in my name, I'll give that to you. We could talk about that. We could talk about friendship with God. We could talk about service for God. We, we could talk about so many things. That's not even all of them. That's just... I mean, you could talk about so many subjects just in this portion of Scripture. And yet what we have to do is look at the Scripture in context 
to what we've been studying and what Jesus has been teaching about. And what he's been teaching about, remember, is remaining, abiding in him. To stay attached to the vine. And remember, we said, hey, if you're, if you're attached to the vine, if you stay attached, if you remain in him and abide in him, you're going to bear much fruit. And so you think, okay, well, this whole portion of scripture is talking about staying attached and it's about bearing fruit. It's about bearing fruit. And that's true, but there's actually, today we're going to go even deeper than that because it's not just about um, staying attached to the vine and, and bearing fruit. There, there's actually more to it than that. In fact, let's write this down. Number one, this is where we're going to start. The ultimate result of remaining in Christ the ultimate result is actually love. It's actually love. So, so let me say it like this, that love is the fruit of, abiding, of an abiding relationship and is the mark of an authentic Christ follower. That's, that's what love is. Love is the mark of an authentic Christ follower, and love is the fruit of, in fact, I would say it to you this way. Love is the first fruit of an abiding, remaining, continual relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I, I can prove that to you. Remember, if you, well, in fact, if I say the, the verse of John 13, 35, uh, a lot of you would say, I don't really know what that verse is. But as soon as I read John 13, 35, most of you, a lot of you are going to say, oh, yeah, I, I know that verse. And the verse is this, everyone... This is Jesus speaking again. Everyone will know that you're my disciples by your, not fruit, not obedience. Everybody will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. So here we are talking about being attached to the vine, talking about remaining in the vine, abiding in Christ, and that you're going to bear much fruit. And you think that those verses are really only talking about fruit. And it's, they're not. They're actually talking about the love that will grow in you for Jesus Christ. And the fruit that will come out of that love that you have for him. Let, let me say it like this, everybody. That God's love initiated Christianity. Did you know that? God's love initiated Christianity. Remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Amen to that? Okay, so God's love, God's love initiated Christianity, and Christianity exhibits God's love, that we live out the love of God. And you say, okay, well, how do we exhibit the love of God? I mean, how do we do that? Well, there are lots of ways that we exhibit the love of God, the love that we have for our Savior, for our Heavenly Father, for precious Holy Spirit. So, so let's, let's look at that. How do we exhibit love for God? How do we show our love for God? Well, there's lots of ways. Uh, you were just doing it a few minutes ago when we came into this place and we're fellowshipping with one another. And we're saying hi, and we're giving hugs, and, and I see people every Sunday, it's so wonderful. I see people just sitting by themselves or off in a corner, and they're praying for one another. They're, they're just, they're saying, hey, hey, how you doing? You know what? Not so well this week. I had a rough week. Hey, let's pray about that right now. Let's pray about that right now. And then you just pull, you just go off to the side, and you pray for each other. Can I tell you? You're showing the love of God. 
When we come into this place and we're fellowshipping, we're just loving each other. We're showing the love of God. When, when you start singing praises to God, you start, you start worshiping God and you, you, you start uh, lifting your voice or clapping your hands or raising your hands and that you're, you're, you're expressing praise and worship to God. You're actually exhibiting your love for God, right? Like the, the, the fact that you read your Bible, when you read your Bible, you're showing your love of God. There are lots of ways that we exhibit God's love. But this portion of scripture is, is talking about something that's very unique. And, and he says it this way, everybody. You don't have to look this up, but it's verse 14. You are my friends. Jesus said, you're my friends if you, if you do what I command. So he, he could have said a lot of things right there. Well, you're my friends if you, if you just show love when you guys gather, when you when you embrace each other, when you pray for each other, or hey, when you worship and when you sing and when you clap your hands and when you praise me, you know, hey, um, that's that's when I know, that's when I know you're my friends. He, he could have said so many things, but he said, listen, you are my friends if you do what I command. And there's a lot of people out there, a lot of, can I, I'll say it like this, there's a lot of people involved in legalism and they get that verse all wrong. They don't understand what that verse really means because they, they think, okay, well, well, Jesus is expecting pure obedience from me. And he does expect obedience. That, in fact, he wants you to obey. But let me say this, he wants you to obey with the right heart. And I'm going to teach that to you today, the difference. So true love, write this down if you haven't already, true love for God is expressed, and he could have said anything, but he really said this, it's expressed in obedience. True love for God is expressed in obedience. You are my friends if you do what I say. He says in verse 10, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. So true love is expressed in obedience. But watch this new song. Love does not flow out of obedience. Love does not flow out of obedience. Obedience actually flows out of love. And, and so what we have here, we have people in the United States and really around the world that take those verses and say, okay, if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. And they think, okay, well, if, as long as I'm obedient, then Jesus will accept me. As long as I'm obedient, then I'll be okay. I can make it to heaven. As long as my good outweighs my bad, then I'm in great relationship with God the Father. That is not what those verses are saying because love does not flow out of obedience obedience actually flows out of love. Let, let me say it this way. So, so let's talk about, um, let, let's talk about uh, for all the parents and the grandparents, and this is going to hit home. And even if you're a child, how many children do we have in the room? All of you should get your hands up. Yeah. Okay. We're all, we've all, as, you know, some of us have been children for a really long time, but we're all children. We've all have parents. And so, so if I go to my children, if I go to my children and I say to them, you know what? I'm so sick of you not liking me. I'm going to make you love me. You go clean your room right now. I'm going to make you love me. Well, that doesn't make sense. You know what? Our relationship has been bad, little Johnny. And I'm going to make you love me. You better go scrub that toilet and it better be right. How many know Johnny isn't going to love you after that, right? Because, because, because love, love does not flow out of obedience, 
Obedience flows out of love. Let me say this way. You've heard me say this before, and I don't know where I got this from. I, I literally have no idea. No doubt you've probably heard this before, and it's, it's just too good not to mention that rules without relationship lead to rebellion. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion. So if you're, if you're continually bossing your children around, but you don't have a relationship with them, love will not flow from their hearts towards you. You see what I'm saying? So in my home, in my home, if I go, my children are here in the room today, well, some of them are. Um, if I go to my kids and say, hey guys, I, I need you to go clean your room. Guess what my kids will say? Okay, dad. Okay. Now they, they might ask, hey, do you mind? I'm, I'm on this last paragraph I'm reading. I'm, I'm on the last page. Can I read this page? Or hey, can I finish doing what I was doing here real quick before I go? And if they ask that, I'm saying, sure. You can, you can finish that unless, you know, unless somebody's coming over like right now. It's like, no, 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 you need to go clean your room now. Like we have people coming over right now. You know, sometimes there are those things. But if I ask my children, hey, could you go clean your room for, for me? They're going to say, sure. And they're going to say that, everybody, because I have a great relationship with them. See, them following the rules doesn't come, doesn't come out of me being mean. It actually comes out of my love for them and the time that I spend with them, the energy that I put in a relationship with them. Do you know how children spell love? T-I-M-E. You've heard that before. T-I-M-E. So, so children don't love you more because you boss them around. Actually, that leads to rebellion because rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And my wife and I said a long, long time ago, when it comes to parenting, that we're just not going to give our children any reason to rebel. That we're going to be in great relationship with our children. That we're going to spend quality time with them. In fact, yesterday, we, we spent most of the day together just as a family. We just went out together as a family. And, and we just tried to spend quality time together with our children. And, and because of that, because they know of our love, because we know how to play with them and talk with them and be there for them, because they know that, because they know we love them, when I ask them to do something, they're very quick to do it. Why? Because they're not rebelling. They don't, that none of my children, none of them have a rebellious heart. So, so does love, does love flow out of obedience? The answer is no, it doesn't. Obedience actually flows out of love. And when you love Jesus with all of your heart, it's easier to obey him. In fact, the Bible says that the things that he wants from you, the obedience that he desires from you, his commands, the Bible says, if you really love Jesus, they're not burdensome. That's what the Bible says. Like, you don't look at it like, oh, I got to obey Jesus today. Ugh. You see what I'm saying? I don't think those thoughts. Why? Because I love Jesus. And I know that he's living for my benefit. I know my heavenly father is living for my benefit. Why would I not want to obey the one who loves me the most? The one who thinks about me all the time and knows me and has good things in store for me and blesses me and pours his presence and his power and his spirit into my life. Why would I not want to obey him? So if he says, hey, Justin, to live your best life, I need you to give up. Well, guess what Justin wants to do? 
Well, I want to give that up. Hey, Justin, in order for you to live your best life, I really want you to go over here. Well, what does Justin want to do? Justin wants to go over there. Why? To live my best life. Because I have this relationship with Jesus, because I trust him, because I know he loves me and he, he's thinking about my good all the time. It makes it easy for me to obey him. So love does not flow out of obedience. Obedience flows out of love. And if we think about it, if we love Jesus, it's kind of easy to, to sing to him. It's easy to talk to other people. There are, certain, there, there are certain ways that we exhibit our love for God that's easy. But watch what A.W. Tozer says, and I love him. If you don't know who he is, one of the greatest theologians ever. A.W. Tozer said, the final test of love is obedience. It's the final test of love. There's a, there's a lot of people who, who say they love Jesus, but they don't do what he commands. And he would look at them and say, you must not really love me. Because if you love me, obedience will come naturally. You'll want to obey. You won't fight against my commands because you know my commands are good for you. You know they're beneficial for you. I hope I'm getting through to somebody here today. That love does not flow out of obedience. Obedience flows out of love. And because my children love me, they find it easy to obey. And because I love my heavenly father, I find it easy to obey. Does that mean I, I obey him every day at every moment? No, I still struggle with sin. Do you? Everybody do this. Because we all do, right? That's, that's our sinful nature. That's, that's the devil trying to pull us away from God. He's trying to pull us from the vine and from the vine dresser, the one who cleans us and purifies us. That's what our heavenly father does. Let me show you this. First John three sixteen says, this is how we know what love is. That Jesus laid down his life for us. He was obedient to the father. The Bible says in another portion of scripture, he was obedient to the command of God. And he laid down his life. He took the beating. He was hung on a cross for you and for me. He did that. Jesus did that because of, a, because of love. Let, let, me say, let me say it this way. This is how we know what love is. It, it doesn't say, well, this is, this, is how, this is how we know what obedience is, that Jesus laid down his life. No, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus laid down his life. For us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. You, you could read it like this. And with that same love at work in us, with that same love being in our lives, we ought to be able to obey, to sacrifice, to follow him in everything that he says. I hope you're getting this. See, obedience flows out of love. The final test of love is obedience. Let me teach you something else. Obedience always requires action. It always requires action. 
Let, let me give you one of the greatest illustrations I've ever heard in my life. It's stuck with me ever since I first heard it. And I heard it from Francis Chan, who wrote that book, Crazy Love, uh, quite a while back that probably half of you read. And, and in, in his teachings and, and um, his talking about the love of God and, and, of course, obedience is part of that, he gives this illustration. If, if, if he were to go to, to his daughter and, and say, hey, daughter, I need you to go clean your room. And she comes back two hours later and says, guess what, dad, guess what? He says, what, what, what? I memorized what you said. Well, what do you mean? You said, daughter, go, would you go clean your room? I memorized that. Isn't that amazing, dad? In fact, dad, I, I, I memorized it so much that I actually also memorized it in Greek. That's how much I memorized it. That's how much I studied. I memorized it in Greek. In fact, dad, I'm going to blow you away with this next statement. You told me, daughter, would you go clean your room? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a bunch of friends together tonight, and we're going to have a Bible study about what it's like, what would it be like for me to go clean my room? Like, we're actually going to talk about that. We're going to, we're going to pray about that. And you think, well, that's just silly. And yet Christians do that all the time. They do it all the time. When, when all that Francis wanted from his daughter was, no, I didn't want you to memorize it necessarily. I didn't want you to study it in the Greek. It, the, it was pretty plain. What I was telling you to do was pretty easy. I don't want you just to go talk about it with your friends. I actually just wanted you to go do it. Like, I just wanted you to go do it. So we memorize that verse. Go ye into all the world. What a great verse. I memorized that verse. I know it in Greek. I've, I've, actually, I've actually taught that verse in Bible studies before. I'm so awesome, but you haven't. You're not living it out, though. Have you gone into all the world to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, to make disciples of mankind? Have you done that? Well, I, I know that verse. I love it. In fact, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Lots of you have favorite verses in the Bible. And if I were to say, hey, hey, who in this room has a favorite verse? A lot of you, I do, I do, I do. One of the, one of the, the, the best verses that people love, I mean, they just love it, is Jeremiah 29.11. You guys know what that verse is? Now, now, I could quote that verse to you, but part of me wants just to leave it in suspense to make some of you have to look it up. I know the... What, go ahead. The plans that I have for you, right? And we can go on. We won't do that right now, but I know the plans that I have for you. They're good plans. They're, they're great plans. God's got a future for you. Oh, we love that verse. We memorize that verse. But what about some other verses that are actually challenging to you? What, what about the other verses that are, that are not what about God is going to do, but about what you should be doing? Do you memorize those verses? Do you? And if you memorize those verses, or maybe you've just heard them so much that you can quote them, are you actually living them out? Or are you like the daughter of Francis Chan that memorized it, memorized it in Greek, studied it with your friends, but you're not living it out? Come on, this is good stuff. And God says, no, no, no. If you love me, it's, it's going to be shown. It's going to show itself in your obedience to me. That you're not going to find it a burden to, just to, to do what I've asked. 
that you're going to say to me, thank you for your word. God, thank you for your word. And I'm going to apply it to my life. I'm going to live it out. I need you to help me to do it. God, it makes me nervous to witness to this person. It makes me nervous to to talk to this person about you. It makes me a little bit nervous to tell them about my relationship with you. But your word says that I'm, I'm supposed to go into all the world and be somebody who makes disciples of Christ to preach the good news. And so I'm going to do it. I'm not just going to memorize that verse. I'm actually going to live it out. That, 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 you, you, see, we, so we, we have these favorite verses that's easy for us to quote, but what about the ones that are not just about the character and the nature of God? What about the ones that, in which God has some expectations from you as his follower? And yet you have to balance that because if you just constantly think about the rules and don't focus on your relationship, you're not going to be in balance. If you're only focused on the rules and not relationship, then those rules are going to be a burden to you because it's not flowing out of love. Your obedience wouldn't be flowing out of love. It would be flowing out of legalism. And that's not for anybody. Trust me, everybody, you don't want to live that life. I have tried to live that life. And I look back and think, how dumb was I? And I got it wrong. Because the more I tried to obey God, the more I understood I couldn't do it. And it was frustrating. And I walked away saying, I don't even know if God loves me. I can't do what he's asked me to do. And all of a sudden I realized I woke up one day by the grace and the mercy of God. And God just said, no, would you just love me? If you just loved me, if you worshiped me, if you, if you studied me, if, if, if you spent time with me, if you abided in me and remained in me then all these things would just be a natural outflow of your life. It would just be a natural outflow of your life. See, obedience always requires action and fruitfulness appears in obedience. And by the way, it also causes a joy. That, isn't that what he says? He, he says, listen, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may actually be complete. So if you think that obedience to God is burdensome, you need to love Jesus more. And if you think that obedience to God is burdensome, can I tell you, it actually produces joy in your life when, you, when obedience comes out of love, when it flows out of love for him. I'm telling you, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm so happy. Why? I don't know. I'm just happy. I just, I just love my life. I was just telling Jennifer that a couple of days ago. I just, I just love my life. Um, I, I just love doing what I do. And, and it's not that it's, it's not that I don't experience stress at times, because I do. I, I could tell you stories about that. I just love my life. I love the city. Just this very morning, this very morning, as I'm driving to church, my wife and my daughter are with me in the car. I looked at my wife once again. I just said, I just love Plymouth. I have this divine love for Plymouth. I don't know why. When I drive its streets, I just love Plymouth. That's a calling, everybody. That, that's a, a divine love that God placed in me because I love him. And so it's easy to serve. It's easy to care for others. It's easy to talk. It's easy to encourage. It's easy to pray because it's in my heart, because God put it there. But it didn't come out of obeying the rules. It came out of love, a loving relationship with him. I'm trying to help you out today. If you struggle, if you struggle with obedience, could it be that you're actually struggling with love? 
And the answer would be yes. If you're struggling with obedience, no doubt you're struggling with love. Because when you're truly in love, it's easy to obey. See, I don't, I don't because I'm, I don't know how to say, I better, I better skip that. I'm going to go on. First Samuel chapter 15 is where I'm going to head next. I'm going to show you this in another portion of scripture that is so powerful. That this, is, this is Samuel um, that's about ready to speak in 1 Samuel 15. And let me give you a little backdrop of what's happening here. Samuel has heard the word from the Lord. The Lord spoke to Samuel and he said, Samuel, I want you to go talk to Saul. Now Saul is about to go. I, I want Saul to go and he's going he's to go to war with the Amalekites. And when he goes to war with the Amalekites, I want him to destroy everything. In fact, Samuel, you tell him that I, I, I command him to completely destroy everything. And there's a reason. You can read it. There's a reason behind it. God always, everything that God does is for a reason. I promise you that. So Samuel takes that word and he gives it to Saul. And Saul goes to war. Now watch this in verse 19 of 1 Samuel 15. This is Samuel. And he's asking Saul this question. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and I brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Like he, he saw, hey, listen, I've done all the right things here. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Okay, so everybody back here. See, it's so easy. It's so easy for us to say, well, listen, I, don't I do the right things? I mean, I go to church every Sunday, and hey, I sing along, and I clap my hands when they tell me to. And hey, I even put my hands up when Pastor Justice says, hey, why don't we raise our hands? I, I'll put my hand up, and don't I do those things? But yet, let me ask you a question. Are you being completely obedient to the Lord? Uh, let me say it like this. Samuel is confronting Saul and he said, Saul, you had, you had a divine direction. Yeah, you went on this mission, but you didn't really do it the way that God wanted you to do it. You, you, had, the, you had the words from the Lord, but you just didn't complete what he asked you to, to do. And you say that, hey, well, I took these sheep. I took all these things so that actually I could give them to the Lord. But the, actually, God wanted them destroyed. And when you didn't destroy them, you were actually disobeying God. And you, you took your disobedience and you made it look like you were actually honoring God. But it's dishonorable. And God knows your heart. He said to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is, the, is better than the fat of the rams. To obey is better than sacrifice. You know what Samuel is saying all in all? Saul, stop faking it. Stop pretending. As God was not looking for a sacrifice. He wasn't looking for an excuse. He was looking for obedience. And it shows that your heart isn't right with him. It shows that something's wrong in your life. 
can I tell you something, everybody? If you're living one way on a Sunday morning, but not like that the rest of the week, can I tell you, you don't have a sin problem. You have a love problem. I mean, yes, it's a sin, sin problem. But can I tell you, though, that that sin problem would go away if you were to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, with everything that you have, which is the first and the greatest command. And, and it, it said, the Bible says, listen, if you do that, if you just love God first with all that you have, all the rest will take care of itself. You don't have to worry about all the rules. You'll just naturally follow. You'll just naturally obey. You'll naturally bear fruit. You'll naturally produce a harvest. You're so in love with God that you're spending time with him. You're abiding in him. You're remaining in him. You're, you're hanging out with him and he's speaking to you and you're speaking to him. And then out of that relationship, out of that deep love, you're going to hear his voice. You're going to respond. You're going to read his word and you're going to respond. And you're going to do things that are obedient to the Lord. And those things will flow out of your love for the Lord, out of your relationship with the Lord. That's how it works. So you say, okay, Justin, where do I start then? Where, where do I start? This is so easy. You start with love. Love for God. Love for Jesus. Love for his Love for the, the sacrifice that Jesus made. Love for his virgin birth and his sinless life and the way that he was beaten and tortured and love for the cross and what he did on the cross, what he accomplished on the cross and the love of the resurrection. You, you remember those things. You remind yourself of those things. Thank you, Father, for, for the gift of your son. Thank you, Jesus, for your life and for the cross and for the resurrection. I thank you for giving me your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for calling me into relationship that I've been chosen, that amazes me. And the more that you pray those things and think those things and dwell on those things, the more and more and more you're going to fall in love with Jesus. And the more you fall in, G in love with Jesus, the more, the more time you're going to spend with him. And it's not going to be a burden to you. It's going to be a joy to you. Like you, you there, there have been countless times, countless times where I'm laying in bed at night and, and my wife says, are you going to go to sleep now? And I'll say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm doing? I'm just spending a little bit more time with Jesus. Because I go to bed and I think, I just want to spend a little bit more time with the Lord. I, I want to spend a little bit more time in prayer. I want to spend a little bit more time in worship. I just, I just can't get enough of him. I just want more of him. I just want to be with him to the point it irritates my wife sometimes because she wants to sleep. And then vice versa, to tell you the truth, there have been some times I've told her to turn out the light, and she's like, what are you doing? And all of a sudden I hear, and she's over there just crying and worshiping Jesus. How many think that's pretty cool when you hear your wife loving and worshiping Jesus and just blessing him? And, and, and see, see, see everybody, it's just that you get that point where you just love him so much that you just want to spend more time with him. And then it's an honor to be obedient. It's an honor to obey him and, and, and to care for others through him and to serve others through him. It's just an honor to do that. And all of a sudden, the more that you focus on him, you'll, you'll realize that sin has so much less of a hold on you than it did before. See, there are things in my life I just don't struggle with anymore. I, I, I don't, they, they're just, they just dissolved in my life. 
then it was nothing other than the love of God in me that washed me clean. It doesn't mean I'm still not struggling with a few other things, because I am. We're always being sanctified. We're always being changed for the glory of his name. But the more you love God, the easier it is to obey, and the easier it is to release the things that have held you back, the sins that easily entangle us. You want to know how to deal with those? Love Jesus more. Be with Jesus more. Abide in Christ. Remain in Christ. Loiter. Hang out with Jesus. And I'm telling you, your world will be changed. Am I helping anybody today? You receive the word of the Lord. Amen. Stand up with me today. I, 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 I tell you, what I'm teaching you this morning, life-changing stuff. Life-changing. Like, if you go home and put this into practice, your life will be forever changed if you just go and put this into practice. So where do you start? You start in the presence of the Lord. You're abiding. Remember, you're abiding in Christ. You're remaining in Christ. So you go to your secret place. Remember, the Bible tells us to do that. We go to a secret place and we spend some time with the Lord. And we pour out our hearts to him in worship, in praise, in honor. Can I tell you something? Some days you're not going to feel like worshiping. You're not going to feel like praising. The stresses of this world will try to choke out your praise. Don't you dare let that happen. Because no matter what you're going through, God is still worthy of praise. And you have to remind yourself of that. I don't care what stress you're under. I don't care what you're going through. No matter what you're going through, God is still good and he's still worthy of praise. Jesus is still good. He's still the savior of the world and he is worthy of praise. So you just start right there. You start by saying, Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Blessed be your name. I've come into this place with worship in my heart, with thanksgiving in my heart, and I bless you and I praise you. Before I go any further, I honor you with my heart. I honor you with my worship. I honor you with my words. And the more that you do that, the more you'll just fall in love with Jesus because you're reminding yourself of the goodness of God. The Bible says that we forget not all of his goodness, but we can't forget those things, that we remind ourselves of those things. And the more you remind yourself that I'm telling you, you'll just fall in love with Jesus more and more and more. And then you'll notice it's not so difficult to obey anymore. It's not so difficult to say no to that sin. It's not as difficult as it used to be because love is replacing. Love is replacing every scheme, every weapon that the devil has formed against you. And love is washing you clean. So we need to, new song, we need to abide in Christ. We need to remain in Christ. We need to continue in Christ, grow in Christ, hang out with Jesus every day. If you get nothing out of the series, get that, because if you get that and you do it, I'm telling you, you will experience life change. I promise you that. I promise you that. Can we do something this morning? Can we just open up our hands toward our Heavenly Father and once again just surrender to His wills, to His ways, to His word? Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and we are so grateful for the gift of your Son. 
We're so grateful for the mercy that we've been shown, for the mercy that we have received. We are so grateful for loving us the way that you love us, for showing us your compassion and your mercy and your grace, for your kindness, for your patience with us. We are so grateful, Father, for all of your blessings. Lord, you've blessed us over and over and over and over again. Even when we weren't paying attention, you were still blessing us. Even when we didn't have our eyes focused on you, you were still watching out for us. You were still working things out for our good. You who started a good work in us, you are faithful to complete it. And we honor you and we worship you and we thank you and we love you with all of our hearts. And Father, I pray that you would help all of us to remember your goodness, that we would not forget all the blessings that come from you, not just our salvation, but all of the blessings. Father, help us to never forget. Help us to to love you more and more and more. And today we are surrendering our hearts again. Lord, we, we're surrendering our lives at this moment. If, we've, if we have things out of place in our life, if, if there's any love that we have that's ahead of you, the love that we have for you, Father, we renounce those things and we say this morning, Father, you're our first love. We want to love you with all of our soul and mind and strength. We want to love you with all of our hearts. So God, we're laying the rest of it down. We want you more. We want to love you more and know you more. We want to honor you more. We want to worship you more. We want to praise you more. So we're choosing you today. Lord, remind us of your goodness every day and help us to choose you every day first. And Lord, Lord, don't let us ever fall into that lie that says love flows out of obedience. Lord, help us to know that obedience actually flows out of love. Lord, we don't want to embrace any type of legalistic mentalities or thoughts. We reject those. And we know that our very best life is one that is in relationship with you. And that's what we choose today. And we thank you for choosing us. You are to be glorified and praised both now and forevermore. And we pray it in Jesus' awesome name. If you agree with that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Would you do that? As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.